8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. That was a fascinating uh, discussion getting... Uh, uh, Nishan Bolton in as the big hitter. Very, very interesting indeed. So just to recap, we'll have the podcast up tomorrow morning around 9 o'clock, safm.co.za. That's the first thing. Number two, he spoke about their, their annual lecture, which will be delivered by Judith February. Of course, she's written a fabulous the insightful book uh, on the changes in South Africa, but her talk is about what's needed to fix South Africa. We will talk to her Monday, um, not as our big hitter, but we'll get the big picture from her Monday from 9 to 9.30. So diarize that right away, sort of set your alarms so you, you, you don't miss that one. Now, one of the things that we touched on with um, the Kathrana Foundation is the uh, issue of... Um, Race, right? And you know they they are particularly particularly strong on the issue of race and racism, right? One of the issues has been the issue of racial classification. Now, if you go back to where we were in in apartheid South Africa, that was the time that each one of us was classified according to race, um, and all the the political well the movements that is outside of um, apartheid political parties was given for them that they were going to push a non-racial agenda and certainly the dominant political parties that we are aware of uh, say from the ANC and the PAC and of course the United Democratic Front in South Africa um, were very clear we are there for a non-racial South Africa right um, and maybe there's different ways of interpreting that but it was very very clear I'm talking about even the, the black consciousness movements so suddenly you come to 1994 and it's a given that race Racial classification, that, that, that sort of dastardly way of, of uh, deciding who people are, would all drop away. And, and surprise, surprise, you still get asked. And I'm not talking about what when people look at you and say, I can see a white person or a black person or an African person or an Indian person of color. That's a matter of opinion, right, um, based upon certain you know, characteristics. I'm talking about writing your name on official documents because you are categorized as such. doesn't mean you can't mix with who you want. You can certainly do that. You can live where you want. You can do lots of things. But you are still classified according to a certain race group, which really is a relic of the apartheid era. So the bigger question or the big picture we're looking at now is racial classification. Has it, has it helped to harm our non-racial project? Meaning, why does it exist in the first place. So we've got two guests who'll talk through that. Your opinion always matters. 0891104207. Uh, first up, Gabriel Krauss, who's an associate at the Institute of Race Relations. Uh, Gabriel, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We also have Glenn Snayman, who's the founder and coordinator of People Against Race Classification, which is PARC Park, maybe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Glenn, good chatting to you. Hi. Good evening, Ashraf. Thank you. Right. That's the pronunciation of it. Is, is that correct, Park? Yeah? Park, yes. Park, okay. So, so let's start with you then, Glenn. Uh, you, your, your organization name is very clear. People Against Race Classification. Tell me your position. Yes. Good evening to the listeners as well. To begin with, as of the information on our website, parcsa.co.za, we are people that reject and oppose the official classification uh, by race. We say we are not colored or blacks or Indian or white people. We are just human beings and we are South Africans. Okay, so so you that that's your position, right? The reality is that 
people are classified according to race, and I'm talking about in terms of institutionally classified. You you have a problem with that. Why, why is that a problem? Yes, we have a problem with that because 25 years later in the news of Africa, we feel there is no need to continue classifications in these race blocks. Plus, you don't solve a problem by creating a new problem. Um, race classification put the idea of that you are identified by your skin color into people's heads. And race classification is not accurate. It is not accurate in identifying a person's identity. Secondly, the stereotyping that goes with it. People see, here comes a person approaching him. They say it's a black person or it is a colored person or white or whatever. People don't have the... Don't usually refer to people as a person. So after apartheid, this is a new type of education that our society in broad needs to be needs to go through. That the younger new generation need to be taught that we need to learn to see people as people first. Okay, but why why do you think then uh, in 1994, uh, why, why do you think that the democratic South Africa went ahead and used the same racial classification that apartheid South Africa used? Okay, that question then, then, then the current government should answer. Obviously, it was for uh, for reasons of BAE, broad-based economic empowerment, um, but the existence of the race block on all official forms still remind us today that each of us belong into a race block. Um, we used to say also that uh, currently racism still exists in our society, it exists all over the world, it exists in America. But for, but for South Africa, Apartheid doesn't, exi- uh, doesn't exist on the law books. So there's a difference when it is when it is pinned down to the law. Before 1994, 1992, there was a law of apartheid. There was X created, which uh, created uh, that existed, which created a system of apartheid. In 1991. The Population Registration Act, which was the race classification law, was removed in Parliament. And that was the law that grouped all South Africans into the four Mm -hmm. Okay, let me put you on hold. I want to get other thoughts as well. You as a listener, uh, as we talk about racial classification, now I'm not, we, now, now let me get this right. The the discussion is not about something we had the other day, whereas we're, for example, our current colored people discriminated against, meaning they, they were not, uh, they were not uh, white enough. They're not black enough. That's a different debate. Okay. It may well come up, but it's not the broader issue. The specific issue is the fact that on official documents, we still have categorization of people according yes. to race, which surprised us. We're asking whether that's right or is that wrong. Why was it done? Has it helped? Has it harmed the democratic project? So I welcome your opinion. You can tweet me, 
Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint when you do just that. And do not forget to tag SAFM Radio as well as me, uh, Ashraf Garantan. Let's get to, let me then bring in uh, Gabriel Kraus, uh, an associate at the Institute of Race Relations. Gabriel, where, where do you stand on this? Thank you. Um, so my position is that uh, the government has some role to play in collecting and understanding uh, data based on race in this country uh, for the simple reason that um, racial classification does matter if there are allegations of racism. Um, you, you can't have a credible allegation of racism. You can't credibly back it up unless there's data about people by race uh, that you can use as evidence to to rebut or to affirm that claim. So if the government uh, had no data whatsoever, uh, whether it be about crime or economics or education uh, to do with race, uh, then I think they would expose themselves to conversations about race, at least the government's participation in those conversations about race, would then only be possible to back up through uh, emotion or intuition or anecdotes. Mm-hmm. So if I understand uh, you, if I understand you correctly, if I understand you correctly, that having having well, with apartheid South Africa having defined people according to race, the democratic project had no choice but to continue with those definitions simply for us to understand a range of issues, including redress those imbalances. Otherwise, there would be there would have been no way to have done that. Is is that my understanding of what you're saying? So I think that's correct. What you then do with that information or how you go about collecting that information is a different story. And I don't mean to suggest that I think that the government is um, collecting that information always in an appropriate way. And I don't mean to suggest that uh, it's laws about uh, how it actually uh, implements laws to do with race are, are always appropriate. Interesting. Yes, you need to collect the data to have a proper set of evidence to go about uh, evaluating progress okay. in in the in redress and or failures to progress and so on. So, so therefore, if I'm asking whether it's helped or, or hindered the democratic project, all things considered, uh, Gabriel, what would you say then? So, I think that. Um, the government's affirmative action policy or board-based economic empowerment has not helped the country. Um, I, you, you can you can look at people on the radical left. Uh, I remember Thomas Piketty, the world-famous economist, came through, and and he's all about redistributive economics and, 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 and redress. And he said BE doesn't work. If you look in the center and if you look in the right, then you're going to find people who also don't think that it's worked. Um, part of the reason, part of what it has done is it's created sort of a rich... Uh, upper crust, uh, a, a, a kleptocracy, a bureaucracy, uh, 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 what sometimes described as what well, parts of state capture, obviously involved with that. Um, I think that B has been uh, sort of poor in its conception and, and terrible in its implementation, um, and and that's unfortunate. And I, it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. Although there have been efforts to root out some of those bad actors who, in the name of uh, transformation, have actually gone about losing the government purse. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm um, gonna, I do think there's a better way forward. Okay, I'm going to pick up callers in just a second, Mr. Malambo, and a person calling in there simply South African, which I think is very, very interesting. Just in a second. How, however, just Glenn, Glenn Sneeman from Park, the People Against Racial, Race Classification. Do, do you understand what, what Gabriel is saying? Do you, do you agree with him? that How do you redress imbalances? If you don't find a way to identify where the imbalances are, and inevitably they are race-based. Yes, 
I heard what he said, and I believe uh, my question to the government would first of all be, what is the criteria that they use to determine which person belongs in to which race group? Of course, they talk about self-classification. So each individual obviously choose which block you want to tick on the official documents. Secondly, what do they use these race classification data for? The statistics they derive from it. Is it used to to help certain race groups? Is it used to discriminate against other groups by withholding opportunities from them? Because obviously, uh, with the B employment. Um, first, employment makes you go to black people, then colored, then Indian, then white. Okay, but I mean, that's the that's second part. I mean, the first part is I'm saying, even if you understand redresses, they had to find a way to understand where it is. And since the since people were discriminated against before, the only way you, you change the discrimination levels is you understand who was discriminated against and therefore they had to be classified according to race. Do you understand that that basic yes. principle? Now, whether they're doing a good job of it, Glenn, is another story completely. Yes, yes. yes there, there, of course, is that whether it worked in certain cases, uh, I wouldn't say it didn't work. Um, and BE has its place. But what we're asking them is, how long is it going to take for this program to continue? Is it going to still continue South Africa for the next 50 years, the next 100 years, as long as apartheid lasted 300 years? So when will the end time be for BE? Because the other people, the white people, the color of the Indian people that are now uh, not first on the list to be considered for any jobs or job promotion or any government handouts at first, because the rest of us are all second in line, um, uh, what will we tell our children? They must wait another 50 years. Okay, let's let's pause with it because I want to get to, I want to get callers. So, Mr. Mr. Malambo first, then we'll speak to South African. Mr. Malambo, go ahead from Thunderbell Park. Hello, hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm good indeed. Go ahead. Your thoughts? Okay. Yeah, my thought is that group is 100% okay. Because you cannot classify South Africans as black or white and colored. and But you are able to classify some people as Indians. Indians as well. If you have to say there are white Indians, there are black Indians, there are albino Indians, they don't use that race. They use, I mean, the word, if you are an African, you are an African. Don't say, I am a white African. Okay, but I mean, look, that, that's a broader discussion. Let, let's stay narrow here, which is that in South Africa, people are classified according to four racial categories. You're classified if you go to home affairs, you've been asked to fill in a form on that basis. I'm asking you whether that's the right thing to do or not. That is the wrong thing. You know, when you can find the South African ID has been developed in the time of apartheid, this barcoded ID, when you find the first six digits, those are the digits of your birth certificate. When you go there, there's a certain way it says you are male or female, and there's a certain way it says you fall under which group of, of, of the white people, of the black people. So now the new government did not even change that ID system. It's using that 13-digit system 
where one digit is denoting to say you are a person who is called a black person. Okay, so you, you think it's wrong. So okay. now they should have changed the whole ID system. It's a racial group. Okay. Because good. now the moment you say this person is a white or a black, that is a racist. So the government itself is racist. This okay. is a racist. All right, so got that. all the children equal opportunity. The one who is the... Very good at the running marathon must go and represent the country. You don't say this person must be all, all okay. Got that, Mr. Mr. Malambo. Thank you for that. He's certainly not for racial classification at all. Okay, another caller, South African. Hello, South African. I'm South African hi. too. Hi, hi there. Thank you. Go um, ahead. Hello, hi there. I am a South African. My grandparents, my parents, and myself were born in South Africa, and when I can get away with it. I asked my race, I write down human. I'm from the human race. I would like to also mention that I did a locum overseas and I was invited to the South African Heritage Day event. Mm-hmm. We were told to wear our national dress. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what to wear. We do not have something that unites us. People went in their Zulu outfits, their Kosa outfits, I'm not a folk stealer. I'm a South African. I did not know what to wear. That's all I'd like you to debate. Thank you. Okay, there we are. Not knowing what to wear. More callers. Let's get let's get your opinions now. Let let's then go back to so the fact is the reality is we have this racial classification. Gabriel Krauss is from the Institute of Race Relations. Gabriel Glenn is asking Glenn Snayman is saying. You know, how long must this continue? So having started and you were actually in, in agreement that it needed to be started with, with classification to redress, whether they're doing a good job is separate. Should this continue? Yeah, so, so I want to just draw a bright line between uh, information gathering and policy implementation. Um, so in terms of information gathering, I think that I don't, I don't really see there need to be uh, a particular timeline. Um, 20 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, if, if the state wants to gather data, the state gathers all kinds of data. Uh, it has data about um, the weather. It has data about economic stuff, um, about soil conditions, soil erosion. The state has a lot of data that most people sort of uh, care about more or less, depending on their personal interests. Um, but what the state actually does with that information is what concerns me the most. So in terms of BEE, I do think that from the beginning there should have been a sunset clause. From the beginning there should have been a sense of a timeline. From the beginning there should have been a sense of once we hit certain targets, things should be changed. From the beginning there should have been a sense of once someone has been empowered, they can't be empowered again. I think it's crazy for uh, someone to be a dollar millionaire or a dollar billionaire and and to still be considered disadvantaged or previously disadvantaged and therefore in need of special government care. I think that the state um, would do well in terms of uh, creating an environment in which hard work, tenacity, talent uh, are, are rewarded 
uh, rather than sort of belonging to an inside club and 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 leveraging one's race in perpetuity as a member of that club in order to get ahead and leaving most other people behind. So I, I, I think that in terms of implementation, a sunset clause is needed okay. yesterday. And I think there's, there's, there's certainly policy room to do that. There's, you know, within our constitutional framework, I think that uh, it would be a good idea to, it, it would be entirely consistent with, with the project of, of, of creating a unified All right. Let me bring in, and I want to get your thoughts, maybe time for another caller too. We'll chat, by the way, to Michael Jackson, the other Michael Jackson is what he calls himself. It's part of the new feature that we have uh, called uh, the Innovator, or the Innovations, uh, and, and he will talk about how you need to innovate when you're giving public presentations. Really important one that you shouldn't miss at 9.30. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Sneeman, you know, let, let's pick up your thoughts. In fact, I'll get to Glenn Sneeman right after this. On 3 November at Grand West in Cape Town, EFC's notorious champion, Nkasamulo Zulu, is challenged by the undefeated star, Gary Joshua. This Sunday, watch one of the biggest fights of Joshua's career when he stepped into the hexagon to clash with Martin DeBeer. EFC, every Sunday at 10 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sport. 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Garda. Right, racial classification, has it helped or harmed our non-racial project? So, Glenn, Glenn Stemon, you've heard the thoughts of Gabriel Krauss, and I'll ask you this. So, let's say we, we do away with racial classification. The question to you, therefore, then, how would they, how would those that make decisions about where money and resources must go, how would they know who that person is without them being racially classified. Okay. I agree uh, w- with what the previous guest now said in his previous statement, that uh, we actually don't need these race blocks to, to continue for so long because a lot of things have happened in the last, say, 15 years, years how we say, said be played out. My suggestion or alternative would be a poverty barometer. The government doesn't have to know how many black people is situated where, how many colors is situated where, how many is jobless. They need to know in broad how many is in need of work, jobs, how many is in need of houses. They don't have to know the identity by groups. They have to know the identity by the people that is in need of such services or such jobs or whatever the need might be. Oh. Because why the government must deliver to all people equally, as well as the private sector. They should all deliver to all the people of Africa equally and not discriminate against people. Okay, I wonder, do, do you get, th- thanks for that, Glenn. Let, let's wrap up then with Gabriel Cross. Gabriel, uh, in terms of what your thoughts are and what Glenn is saying and many others, do, do you think that's being discussed at all? To say, is it time for racial classification to be dropped or you think that's not even being discussed? It's not going to happen. Never mind what you say. I think, I, I, I want to really support uh, Glenn's, uh, Glenn's view there. I think that equality before the law is 
is a primary concern in any liberal democracy, and that's what we're trying to get going here. I think that the government should be preoccupied with poverty. And as far as I can tell, poverty doesn't know any color. It should be preoccupied with hunger. Hunger doesn't know any, any color. It should be preoccupied with people who aren't capable, who are capable, but aren't allowed to realize their full human potential. Okay, but in, but in the yeah. South African context, it's, it's a yeah. given that when it comes, up, comes to poverty and hunger, the vast majority happen to be now, I'll have to call it black African. It, it's there. Well, it's, I, I, I don't deny that, but there are plenty of, of, of very poor colored people. There are uh, plenty of, of poor Indian people, and there are some uh, seriously impoverished white people. And I think that the government has a role in terms of data collection to make sure that if those patterns are moving in a regressive way, that it, it, it is aware of that and then can attend to that. If those patterns don't, if it gathers the data and it seems to be the case that what's holding people back um, is a, a broader mix of, 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 of incapacities in this country, then the government should uh, step up to the plate and address the real challenges. I think that collecting data is very important. I think using it as a distraction from uh, problems like corruption, ineptitude, cater deployment, uh, and so on, is part of what holds us back from a more accountable and a more uh, progressive okay. South Africa. Well, I'll tell you what, that's, that's the views of the two people and we can leave it at that. Maybe there's another view besides you as a listener. We may get another view and develop that sometime down the line. So thank you for your time. That's Gabriel Krauss from the Institute of Race Relations before that Glenn Sneeman, the founder coordinator of People Against Race Classification which is P-A-R-C-O Park. So we're going to talk, we're going to get innovation as we do it every night now, 930 to uh, quarter to 10, sort of becoming very, very innovative. Why? Because whatever the problems we face in our country, in all aspects of society, the key factor that will resolve them is for us to be innovative in what we do. So we'll talk to Michael Jackson right after this.